Hello and welcome to episode five of Crazy Pastors. I'm your host, Christopher Cass. And I'm the other one, Ronnie Marriott. Welcome to part five of the series that we've entitled Staff Infection. Today in our podcast, Ronnie, there are really four topics I want to make sure we touch on today. The what first, are those four, Christopher? Well, I'm not going to give them all right now. Oh, okay. Let's give them one How at a time. about the first one? The first one is compensation. Hmm. So it's a good one. It is. What are your general thoughts on how do you compensate staff well? What are your ideas? Well, it's obviously subjective. I mean, you have to kind of consider your church, your church size, your community, your denomination, your denomination. If I can be so bold as yeah, to say that, that's a good one. All those things factor in. In fact, if you'll go and look at the different salary surveys that they do, they try to add all that in to, to be as comparable to your position as they can. So all that factors in. But the bottom line, I believe, is to make sure that your staff, they're not struggling financially. I think I shared the story one time being on a search committee and that one of the members made the comment, well, he knew he was going to be poor when he went into ministry. Whoa. Yeah. So that's a terrible attitude. And I made the statement, that's not for you to say. <laughs> they may realize not going to be rich, but doesn't mean you have to be poor. Because if you're not taking care of that staff member financially and their family's having to struggle and maybe they have to take a second job, then they're just going to be stressed. And it is going to impact their ministry capacity. And the church will suffer because of that. Well, if you'll just take the time to pay them well, then you'll allow them and free them up to be able to minister with full steam. There certainly is a balance to be struck between not becoming a lover of money and the other side of the equation is that a worker is worth his or her wage. Correct. Right? So finding, finding that balance, a tipping point, if you will, I had one executive pastor tell me in the past, and it it may come across weird, but you want to pay your staff $1 more than what causes them to wake up in the morning thinking about money, (laughs) right? You you just want to get them past that ledge where every day is not a financial stress. Yeah. How are we going to make ends meet? And that presupposes good financial decisions on staff members as well, right? If you have a husband and wife, they're coming together into their marriage and they're both carrying $60,000 of debt. I mean, you're going to have to pay him a huge amount of money. That's important. uh, in order to get over that. Yeah, I have a good friend of mine that he was a youth pastor and he was standing in the line for food stamps when a church member happened to be in the the building, saw him, said, what are you doing? So, well, I can't make ends meet on what the church pays me, so I have to use food stamps. And the guy said, no, we're not going to let one of our staff members have to rely on food stamps. So they made some adjustments. And part of that adjustment was teaching that family how to budget. So that's the other side of it. I know in my training, college, seminary, no one taught us how to budget our own personal finances. So that's one of the things I love about these different programs that are out there. It's just, let's Crown, just start. Yeah. financial peace. Yeah, Dave Ramsey, all that stuff. Ron Blue. Yeah, Ron Blue. Good old days. <laughs> but just because a lot of ministers don't know how to budget and their families don't. So that's one way to alleviate some of this financial stress. So we definitely have got to set a standard on the salary side. We also have the other part of that compensation, which is benefits. So what are your ideas on benefits? I mean, I have to say this. I'm so, I just interrupted my senior pastor, but before you speak, (laughs) let me say this. I think you interrupted yourself. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The world of benefits has changed dramatically. Yes. The cost of medical insurance has tripled, quadrupled. I mean, it's insane how expensive it is today. So I think there, we have to be aware of what's going on. 
and all industries have to adapt. But yeah. there's certainly some things that we need to do to care for our teams. So what are benefits that are important to you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously insurance, those kind of things are important for the family. Medical insurance, life insurance. Those kind of things. And there are always creative ways to do that. And I think you can be creative with the benefits to, again, alleviate some of that financial stress that ministers are under and and to be able to provide for the family. Now, a lot of times a spouse has a job that has better insurance than the church offers, and that's obviously a possibility. But to go into that consideration, how can we care for the spouse, for the kids, to make sure that they don't get into a bind in regards to insurance? vacation time, you know, personal days. I was a part of a church one time that could not really increase salaries. So everybody had their vacation time and this church just added, okay, you get three personal days throughout the year. So there's all kind of creative ways to compensate a staff member. You know, there's a lot of churches that I talk with that uh, are on the, on, you know, sub 100, sub 200 in attendance. And so they don't provide benefits for their pastors. And I, and I actually think that there are there are mechanisms out there today through medical cost sharing programs yes. and there's non traditional insurance that you could do something. I mean, for a, for a family today in a share program, it's about five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Now that's six thousand dollars a year if my Baylor math is right. Is that right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In so, the ballpark. So, sorry, Baylor. <laughs> but it does certainly cost to yeah. do those things. But there's some costs you just can't. How, how do you, how does a pastor feel cared for when, one, you don't pay him enough, and then you don't offer any benefits on top of that? How does that communicate care? Yeah, and, and those programs you're talking about, those I mean, there's complications that go with it, but still there's, there's that effort that we want to try and take care of you as best we can. And that's, if nothing else, just that statement, and we're trying to do this. Here's where our limits are. You know that we want to cover 100%, but right. here's all we're able to do. Just those statements carry a lot of weight as far as feeling cared for. All right, let's talk about vacation for a minute. Yeah. Typical in the corporate world is that when you first start a full-time position at a company, you get two weeks vacation, and then your seniority as it goes through the years, you gain more vacation weeks yep. up to a certain level. Yeah. How does that translate to the church? Well, I think one of the trend and you know something we're doing here is we're basing that on longevity of ministry. So not necessarily how long they've been at our church currently, but how long have they been in full-time ministry? Because sometimes, you know, staff members will come on and they've been serving for 10 years and never had a vacation or they're still at two weeks vacation. Right. So I, I'm glad that we consider that and all that that means to be able to say, hey, we, we want to acknowledge your years of service in ministry. And having those, and as best you can, and forcing them to take those vacation times, I think is important. A lot of people just, you know, they work through. And, and so even the way we have it set up where you have so many months into the new year to take it, are you going to lose it? Mm-hmm. That's not to be mean. That's an incentive to say, you need to take your vacation time. We need you to take your vacation time. You need a break from ministry and from this place from time to time. That's super helpful. I remember back at my days at AT&T, I got back then, I want to say it was four weeks vacation, which was great for yeah. a corporate job. But in order to take my vacation, I had to have approval from a vice president of the company mm. in order to take my vacation. Yeah. And there were, there were so many times I never got to take vacation. And the <laughs> way they made up for it, though, was that on January 1, they cut you a check. Yeah. 
they paid you for yeah. all of your accrued vacation every single new year. So yes. it was a wonderful bonus. But when you're young, you yeah. might be able to get away with some of that. And yeah. but eventually it's gonna it's gonna eat you up. So that's why here at our church we do have a use it or lose it policy. We do yeah. give our staff three months into the new year to use up previous vacation from the year before. But we're also super flexible in all this. Sure. So as an example, we don't allow people to bank vacation, but if we had someone that said, Oh, hey, I have a dream trip that I want to ride a motorcycle from Burleson, Texas to Fairbanks, Alaska and back. And it's going to take me three weeks to do that. And But I only get two weeks of vacation in a year. I do love the fact that we're flexible, that we on one-offs consider these things. And that's part of the joy of doing ministry together because yeah. I think we're allowed a little more flexibility. Policies are set in place to prevent abuse and there's always going to yeah. be exceptions made. Which is wise for the church. I mean, we've seen that where a staff member has accrued three years of vacation. And so, hey, I'm going to retire in three years, but you're not going to see me for the next three years because... I mean, it's exaggerated, obviously. Yeah. But so they they bank all that, and then you want to take it. And the problem is that they're gone for that amount of time. And the other problem is the church has not planned to pay for that. And so you put them in a hole, and that's a a bad Or churches that allow in their accrual process for these vacation days to accumulate over many years, and someone ends up with this bank of vacation that, according to federal law, when they leave your organization, that you have to pay them a lump sum. yeah. I mean, that can get really, really expensive. Puts the church in a hole. So please beware of your uh, accounting practices. Take your vacation. Yes. So executive pastors, business administrators, (laughs) make sure your systems are good. And all of you staff members out there, please, please take your vacation. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. In just a moment of transparency, Mm -hmm. that there are times when I think we need to be pushed out to take (laughs) vacation. I I just personally, myself right now, I am tired and I know it. Yeah. And I have got to take a week of vacation. Yeah. And that's just, it's so hard for me to take a week's vacation. Yeah. So I- any words of encouragement on that or how, how do we handle that? Or, you know, you don't yeah. have to tell them about, you know, how you berated me to take <laughs> vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I think part of that is just, you know, we talk about there are times that nobody can take vacation during the year. Okay. There are launch times or whatever. Here's some significant strategic time we need all hands on deck. So our, our big ones, just to jump in there, okay, yeah. our big ones are September, January, and June if you're in children's students. Yeah, because we cram everything in the summer in June. And so there's some times we just need everyone to be here. But on those off times, it's, it's great to be able to say here's a huge window, which is the majority of the year, to take some vacation time. And I think just checking in on that, you know, whoever's running the staff, just keep tabs on that. Who's Mm -hmm. taking the vacation? Um, Because I think that's maybe the bigger issue. I'm sure there's some abuse that happens. People try to take more vacation than they have, but typically I see there's, they take less than what they have. And so it's just like, you need to do this because it really is healthier for everybody involved if they'll take it. Well, I can tell you in 20 years of doing this now, uh, I may have had one person abuse vacation. Yeah. It's always the opposite side on ministry. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's talk about sabbaticals. Okay. Uh, and that's, I'm tying that to vacation time here. There's many ways to run sabbaticals. Most churches, it's crazy. I shouldn't say most churches. A lot of churches do not have a sabbatical policy, or if they do, they don't allow anyone to use it. Yeah. And I think our concept of a sabbatical is a little bit different than like the seminary or higher education yeah. model. So give, well, what are your thoughts on sabbatical? I mean, the Bible says to honor the sabbatical and keep it holy. So, oh no, sorry, that's the Sabbath. Different <laughs> 
I was wondering oh, where on, you were man. going with come that. Come on, stay with me. <laughs> now, interesting though, it is the same root word though. <laughs> In the Greek lexicon. Yeah, so sabbatical is just the time, you know, that you earn basically for being at a place for so many years. Again, however you, your church decides to do that, but it's just a time to, to be away and there can be some study, it can be a focus to write, to prepare, to gain more knowledge, to, you know, there's all kind of creative things you can do on a sabbatical, but it's just a way to honor a staff member for some longevity. And to be honest with you, it's also a great incentive for staff to stay, you know, so like here every five years, you're eligible, not a guarantee, eligible for a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay here at least five years to get a sabbatical. But it's a great incentive that we honor that longevity. And again, it still has to be approved and we have all those filters in place. But it's just a great thing to say, it's yeah, you're going to take time to relax. You need to, because this is a part of that rejuvenation process, but also gives you a chance to do some things that maybe you've wanted to do that's been really a challenge because of ministry going 90 to nothing. Ministering is so different than corporate life. Well, let me just say it this way. I think the big difference is there is no shutoff valve in ministry. Yeah. Right. So in when I was do as an entrepreneur, I uh, had elements of it like that. But still, when I was gone, I could be gone. Yeah. In ministry, though, the I think the biggest challenge is unless you're taking a serious chunk of time away from the church, you're really not unplugged. Right. Right. Yeah. It's impossible to stop the phone calls yeah. unless you have two cell phones that you use. Right. <laughs> and you'd never let your people that you lead know your cell phone number. Yeah. I can have someone else check my emails. I can have someone else return my phone calls, but I can't have someone responding to all of my text messages or my voicemails that come to my cell phone. Yeah. And to have someone that is, you know, hey, I'm in desperate need of prayer, right? I need you to pray with me and I'm on family vacation. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to stop the car yeah. and you're going to have some time of prayer. So it, it, I think shepherding a flock is just very, very different than creating profit in the corporate world. And I would also say that if a church can help compensate for that sabbatical, that's really nice bonus because honestly, some ministers, yeah, they're grateful for the time off, but they have no budget money to cover going to study or do these other things. So that's an added investment of a church into a staff member to say, we're going to give you this time, plus we're going to give you some finances to be able to do some things that you've been wanting to do. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, hey, this will be a good time to go through our Go and No-Go segment. This is a part of our show where we highlight movies, books, or podcasts that have been helpful, but also some that are a complete waste of time. It's one of my favorite times. <laughs> today, <laughs> today, we're going to talk about podcasts. Ronnie uh, has a podcast he wants to talk about. I do. And then I have one I shall mention. So okay. why don't you go first? You want Ronnie? me to go first? No, I'll go first. Okay. No, you, no really, you go no, first. No, you go first. Okay. okay. So My favorite <laughs> one is, I think, Pastor Talk. <laughs> No, uh, pastor talk or pastor Bible talk, talk? Bible talk, sorry. It's okay. a derivative of pastor talk. It's an offshoot, a branch. And so Bible talks just some guys, theologians, talking through Scripture. And it's very interesting because they take Scripture and they not only break it down for what it means, but they're tying in how that all threads together throughout the, the Scriptures. And, and there's different perspectives. So there's three or four of these guys talking about a passage that they've studied, and they just come from different angles and different perspectives. But it's it's fun. It's well done. It's They, they obviously like each other and get along, but it's also very insightful theologically on what these what the passages are talking about. I have really enjoyed Bible talk. Now, it's kind of a vocal commentary, honestly. It okay. is, and you get three voices into it. Yeah. And you know, they cut on each other a little bit. And yeah. It's good. Yeah. But it's also serious. Yeah. Right? So there's no fluff to what they're talking no, about. No, it's it's good. It's deep stuff. 
getting into the into the scripture. I've used it in preparing for sermons before, just kind of listening to what they're going through and using that material. Now, that is uh, just a shout out. That's a Nine Marks uh, podcast, yes. just so you know if you're a Nine yeah. Marks fan. Hey, so several years ago, one of my closest friends, uh, this crazy pastor named Sean Bettis, he told me about this. I know Sean. You do? Yeah. Uh, he told me about this podcast called Happy Rant, and I am going to give a major thumbs down on Happy Rant. Honestly, I can't stand it. Yeah. He loves it. So many of my other friends love it. It is, let's see, you got, there are three pretty famous guys on there, or sons of yeah. famous guys, right? But yeah. they're all really excellent at what they do. Right. I think one's a author, one's a seminary professor. I think Piper's son is one of the guys on are there. Are mentioning names? If I knew their names, I'd give them. Okay. I mean, even just the, Okay. I just Did don't I, want to be sued. Uh, it is happy rant. I okay. paid nothing for this endorsement, and it's Christopher Cass's personal opinion and not the opinion of First Baptist Church of Burleson or any of its subsidiaries. No, the opinion is expressed on the talk about it, isn't it? <laughs> but, hey, they're super talented guys, but I cannot stand the need for the cool factor of this podcast, <laughs> right? It, they refer to but each other. you are other. cool. You're no, cool. no, I You're am the so antithesis cool. of cool. There's not a cool. My wife told me I'm not tough enough for a truck. And I'm not cool enough for a tattoo. No. Okay, makes you hot. You're hot. No, Sorry. I don't. What? That was both weird and creepy. Yeah, that's that's off. Yeah, thank but you. Happy Rant is also off. Uh, it's baby this, baby that. They're constantly trying to be super. They, hip they have and cool. nicknames for each other. They do, and yeah. it, it's just it wears on me. Now, in fairness, they had a couple podcasts recently where they were in a condo in Florida, and it was just oh. more free flowing, more fun. Yeah, uh, that was good, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I'll tell you this. Happy Rant to me is like NPR. Oh, wow. Yes. So every okay. once in a while, or the, the, the New Yorker magazine, I can read <laughs> for five minutes. I can listen to NPR for five minutes, and yeah. I can listen to Happy Rant for five minutes, and then I'm done. Then you're done. Okay. Yeah, that's my capacity. We would that. never have nicknames for each other. No. That's <laughs> right. Thanks, T-Bone. Thanks, Sizzle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so that, that is our go, no-go <laughs> segment. Uh, two things left to talk about. One, uh, performance bonuses on, oh. how to, on how to care for staff, performance bonuses. I have to tell you, I'm a big believer in performance bonuses, but the way that they are done, I think, is changing. Yeah. And chime in at any point. Well, that's because you come out of the corporate world, too. That's, I guess, I assume, popular. Is that an accusation? Popular in the corporate oh. world. Oh, okay. Not so common in the church world. So that's a little different concept, I think. It's very different, right? So yeah. there have been very few churches I've worked with in the last number of years that do performance bonuses. It's not common. Uh, the, one way to do it is the way that we've done it in the past here and at other churches I've been at, that uh, every semester you get evaluated and based upon your performance, you are eligible for a bonus, a performance bonus on achieving good things. Yeah. But what I'm discovering over time is, and, I, and I, actually going back to corporate world, it's the same way. A bonus that's given all the time, like a Christmas bonus, yeah. eventually is not a bonus anymore. Right. It's, it's a part of it. That's right. It's a part of your compensation. Yeah. So where I'm a huge fan of today in motivating staff and Daniel Pink's book, Drive, underscores some of this, that... The unexpected bonus is yeah. the bonus that really impacts someone's life, yeah. right? So when, like our worship pastor, Michael Glenn, does something incredible and just huge amounts of work went into it, for us to immediately after that, to recognize him, to affirm him, and to give him a performance bonus in that moment, yeah. 
that has a huge meaning. Whereas if we're doing it every semester because of our reviews, then it actually demotivates over time. Yeah, it reminds me of that great American classic film, Christmas Vacation, Chris, yes. where Clark expected the bonus to buy the pool. And so it really wasn't a bonus. And what did he get? Jelly of the Month Jelly Club. Jelly of the Month yes. Club. Now, can I tell you? you that need... is the gift that keeps on giving. It is. It is. <laughs> and get yourself something nice. Uh, you know, I will tell you, though, you have to know your audience. You have to know who you're giving a bonus to. Yeah. Uh, one year, I got a gift of the month that was actually one of the greatest presents I've ever had. Really? I had a friend of mine who is a massive foodie, uh. and he gave me and another guy a bacon of the month club. <laughs> For 12 months, we had the most do the incredible the procured bacon from around the country. Wow. That got sent, put to our door. So that, that is a nice gift. That was nice. Yes. Okay, last thing, last topic of the day as we wrap it up is, not that this is the least important by any stretch of the imagination, staff spouse care. Yes. Right? So we have a saying here that we hire the staff member, not the spouse. Yeah. And that's to protect the family and the spouse from expectations that they are going to serve side by side, knee deep in the ministry with their spouse. Yeah. But the balance to that is that because we say we don't hire spouses, that doesn't mean we ignore them. Right. So what do we do here, Ronnie, to help care for spouses? Well, and there are no written expectations, but there are a lot of unwritten expectations that people have. And so that's it is, again, when you go into ministry, you're a ministry family. It's a team effort. Most likely the spouses are not being compensated for their time and service, but they have that ministry heart. So they share the ministry heart with their spouse that's on staff. And so acknowledging that, for one thing, seeing those as couples, especially if you're trying to, I guess, reach families and strengthen marriages, to have those spouses with the staff member visible, involved is is a great thing. Yeah, so one of the things a church can do is put together a task force or a team that will focus strictly on the spouse and, and the kids. Connecting with them, I mean, gifts are nice, gift cards are nice, birthday cards Mm -hmm. are great. I think a lot of times a spouse just wants community, wants a connection, wants to know somebody cares about them. A visit over to the house, a phone call, a text. Once a month, you say, hey, how you doing? What can I, how can I pray for you? Hey, you want to go get coffee together? Let's just go hang out. We don't have to talk about church. We just be real people. Those things are significant. At times, going to conferences or all kinds of conferences for spouses, all kinds of retreat centers, things that you can do that are a little bit bigger than that through the year. But just that connection is huge. I think also one of the things that we can do, Ronnie, in our conference budgets as pastors here, we allow our pastors to have their spouse go with them on conferences. Yeah, that's cool. Right, which I think is, especially with staff that have children, yeah. That's a beautiful time away that still work. They're, you know, because they're still connected in ministry together. Their hearts are. So to have our spouses go on convention or conference with us is yeah. pretty good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if you have a crazy pastor story to share or you'd like us to discuss a specific topic, please email those to crazypastors at firstburleson.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you.